not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. Today I will be your Jedi Master leading you through the world of Star Wars visions. As always, with my Padawan, my twin, my dyad in the dark side of the force, um, my little bunny girl, mm-hmm. it's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Honestly, it's been a while since we talked something Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. Um, it certainly has. It certainly has. What was the last thing we spoke about that was Star Wars? Probably um, Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Maybe a bit of Bad Batch. Oh, I wasn't on the Bad Batch episode. It wasn't me. Uh, last time we spoke oh, about yeah. something Star Wars was probably Mando. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably the Mando. We've talked news and stuff, but proper big topic. Yeah, it would have been Mandalorian season two, I guess. Yeah, we uh, we missed a little cheeky story at the end of last week's episode, though, didn't we? That we'll have to make sure we mention. That's Star Wars related. Um, as as oh, as things tend to yeah. happen, we're like we finish recording, then it's like ah, we missed that. Ah, damn. <laughs> yeah, literally, like I didn't see anything about it until we finished recording, and then it was like. Look at my phone, the first thing that comes up, I'm like, fuck! <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. we need to get into it, because there's quite a lot of trailers and stuff that dropped this week. So um, let's chat first of all, we've got to round up what we've been watching other than Star Wars Visions. Okay. So Sam, what have you been watching? Well, I've watched a couple of films actually, which is a bit of a change. Oh. Uh, I watched Selma last night. Mm. The Ava DuVernay okay. film, very good. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty solid. And um, I like how it talks about that point of Martin Luther King's life that isn't obviously immediately around his assassination. I like because I because I, I I was a bit like uncertain of where it was in the timeline because I didn't really know the years or anything. So yeah, it's not something that we really get taught about too much in the UK. No, it's part of our. Um, well, I remember when we were at high school, it was part of our curriculum. Um, for our uh, citizenship studies or whatever we did. Yeah, but that uh, that is literally just focusing around the assassination, though, wasn't it? It wasn't about... We didn't learn as much of the stuff they did beforehand, so, like, the period that Selma is taking place around, like, I didn't really know anything about it until I saw the film, either. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, we learn about the stuff around it, and they just kind of breeze over some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was really good. Uh, I've watched I watched Free Guy finally. Okay. Which is right on topic for our kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> we it, just need to actually get round to watching it and having a week where something bigger is announced. Yeah, it was it was fine. <laughs> it was It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was like I think it was received really well. Um, I think there just probably wasn't that many movies to watch around that time, you know? To think it was just a lot of uh, Deadpool fans eager for a new Deadpool, and they got Free Guy instead. It is Ryan Reynolds being pure Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's getting to a point now where I'm like, am I getting tired of Ryan Reynolds? Like, I used to love him, and it's like... (sighs) I think he needs to play a different character at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him in like a really serious role. I'd love, yeah, because he hasn't done a serious one in a long time. Now. No, it just does pure comedy, like Hitman's Bodyguard, Deadpool. Um, this it's just like, yeah, it would have been nice to see him in something more serious, but I wasn't expecting give, that. Give from me the film. Amateurville horror sequel. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can kill another dog. Taika Waititi was um, probably just about as annoying as Ryan Reynolds in it, which was really upsetting. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably a fault of the uh, the writing. But Do you think that maybe it didn't hold up as well, like we've been saying a lot of times, because it took so long to come out, so you were just kind of overexposed to it before it came out. Yeah, I mean, there were some real, like, right towards the end. You know how it's all, like, video game-based, and it's like, yeah. you, you catch a couple of things in the background, like I caught the uh, the Scorpion tank from Halo. Um, okay. You know, you got the portal guns, you've got all sorts of, like, bits and bobs. Um, I won't I won't spoil it in case you watch it because it is funny when it hits. Yeah, I, I didn't know it had any like direct references to games in. I thought it was just like homages to everything. I didn't oh, realize I, it actually had I'll, cameo stuff. I'll tell you something. 
there is there is two extremely direct references that you see come out of nowhere. <laughs> that even okay. if even if you knew about it, it would still it would still catch you out of left field. But that was probably the <laughs> highlight of the film um, because that was the bit that actually made me chuckle to myself. Um, okay. But yeah, that that was fine. Probably won't ever watch it again. Uh, I watch. I've been watching a bit of House MD again now because of uh, okay. the kind of uh, Chicago Fire binge that my girlfriend's been on. My partner's been on has um, has been uh, making me want to go back and revisit that. So I've been watching a bit of that on the side. Um, and then something that I've not watched, but I think I'm going to watch, is the Green Knights out on Amazon now to watch it is indeed so it looks the actual reviews on amazon are a bit lukewarm it's only getting about three out of five but i thought it went from what i've read of like critic reviews it was meant to be really good so we will Uh, see let's see what it's getting online at the moment 6.6 on imdb 88 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah yeah that's it so it's really high on rotten tomatoes but amazon on the actual amazon platform it's 2.7 out of five yeah, is it maybe a film that is sort of like I don't know? Because when we saw the trailers, we thought it looked a bit avant-garde at times, and that doesn't always land well with audiences. Like it's eighty-eight percent critic scored, but fifty percent audience score. Yeah, a lot of the audience reviews are like one star. Like there's nothing really in between. It's like there's a lot of like really detailed five-star reviews, um, and then there's just a, a hell of a lot of just one star. Um, yeah, we've so we've seen it a lot. Like stuff like that will happen where critics will love something, yeah, um, and then a lot of people are like, "This isn't what I thought it was going to be." Yeah, someone saying it was the first um, film that they walked out of. It was that bad. It's like, oh, well, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. So, what else have you? What, what have you been watching other than Visions? Okay, um, I have watched the first three episodes of Why the Last Man, which was a show that's just dropped on Disney Plus in the UK. I, th- I believe it's still airing on TV in the US. I think it might be on FX and on Disney Plus through Stars. Mm. Um, uh, wherever you're going to watch The Walking Dead, it's going to be in the same place because it's the same team making it. Um, it this was a, a show I was super excited for. I love what I've read of the comic books and stuff like that. Um, I'm really enjoying it. They've changed certain bits, and certain bits are treated differently. Obviously, I think it was written in 2002, the comic book, so obviously we're 19 years down the line. Certain subject matter needs to be changed because basically the core premise of, of it is all men and all male species of animal and everything die out all of a sudden um Mm -hmm. it's like this plague that just washes across the entire world except for one guy and his pet monkey Mm -hmm. Uh, they're the only two males left alive and it's basically how does the world pick up after obviously it's like the majority of the manual labor jobs um stuff in engineering and stuff like that obviously positions of power um Mm -hmm. and government especially Mm -hmm. they've updated it now like it is set pretty much in present day um so technology and stuff has advanced and stuff and there are obviously a few more women in power and stuff like that but not as much um the lead thing is the lead's character's mum now becomes the president because she was the chain of succession in the white house and stuff like that is it goes like president vice president head of security like head of the military blah 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 loads of steps like basically and she's um, a councilwoman. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, because 30 people in front of her died, she ended up becoming the president. Um, All right. So, yeah, like, there, there are certain things that have had to change to update, um, obviously, the, the way things are handled, like uh, trans women and stuff like that, um, or trans men. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really interesting. There's plot lines in it that either were hinted at in the comic books where I read up to, which they're just going all out with from the beginning in this. Mm. Um, So it's not a direct translation, but it's close enough at the moment from the three episodes. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I think the casting is spot on as well. Uh, So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Nice. Maybe we'll do an episode about it at one point, maybe a first impressions or something. Yeah, Um, first couple That's if it's something you're interested in watching. Yeah, I can give it a go. This just feels like (laughs) there's a lot about to come out at the minute yeah feels, yeah it feels like we're about to start hitting the uh the season in the old marvel wagon yeah 
Yeah. Right. Okay. Is that it? Is that all you watched? Um. Yeah, pretty much because I've been watching Visions and stuff like that. I finished Critical Role season two. That was fucking great. All right. Well, there's a lot of lot of bloody Critical mm. Role in there. Anyway. Oh, it's, Campaign three is about to be announced. Oh, just you get ready. <laughs> You've got about five hundred five thousand hours to watch before you drop into that. Anyway, uh, let's chat about news. So there's not much in the way of news. The story that we did miss out on last week was the the Obi Wan series is finally wrapped, um, mm-hmm. fully wrapped. It's now into post production. Uh, there's we've seen bits and bobs, uh, seen bits and bobs of characters, costumes. There's been a lot of set photos from like uh, the Bespin Bulletin and stuff like that, uh, sharing behind the scenes stuff. They're really good for showing stuff on Andor uh, as well. Um, but we've had a bit of um, is it Sung Sung Kang Sung Kang um, has been saying a little bit yeah. about um, his character who's going to be wielding a lightsaber. <laughs> Um, and now everyone is assuming that he's going to be playing some kind of Inquisitor, which is cool, which we want to see. Yeah, those rumours were circulating like as soon as he was cast and stuff, wasn't there? And there was a few leaks and stuff. Um, and the more we hear about it, the more it seems to be confirming it. Yeah, so I think it's... Pretty- I'm sound with that. Yeah, I think it'd be nice because I think it'd be a good place to get your Inquisitors in live action because yeah. we don't we haven't really seen them. Um, and I think it makes sense if you're having Hayden Christensen coming out, if you're going to put them in anything, you're going to put them in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series because um, you've got to give him some threats that he can kind of you know match up to. You're not just going to have an Obi-Wan series and put him up against Stormtroopers or Sand People, you know what I mean? You're going to have mm-hmm. him go up against some serious serious threats and that one of them being Darth Vader anyway, but uh, having an Inquisitor yeah, in definitely. there stops you getting the Vader uh, fatigue, which uh we don't we're not we're definitely not going to get more more Vader the better, but uh <laughs> No such thing as too much Vader. No, as long as it's like how they did it in Rogue One, because wah, wah, wah. That was a reaction. Um, Do you reckon we're going to see Vader without his helmet? I I think that's why you've brought Hayden back. I don't think there's any other reason why you're bringing him back. Do you reckon he's going to like cut part of his mask off or something? It's going to be (gasps) all Rebels-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be dark. Um, yeah, that that's exciting. Can't wait. I, I can't wait for when we sit down and review this, and it's like maybe we have to have a watch party for this. Maybe we actually no, have a watch party. Uh, I think we kind of got to. <laughs> maybe we actually have to. Maybe we do that instead of uh, games night. Maybe we have Obi One night. Oh, oh well, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, others, <laughs> we've had a, a a photo shared for the Last of Us TV show. Um, the we back did, of indeed. Joel. The back of. Um, I was about to say bloody. Joel, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, I was about to say Joel Kinnaman. I mean, Pedro Pascal. The back of Pedro Pascal's head looks amazing. He looks like Joel. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a crash plane. I love the way we've seen more of this than we have the Uncharted film, which has wrapped and it should have been out by now. And we've only seen one screenshot from that, and well, yet we've seen one screenshot from The Last of Us. No, well, Sony did a bit of a like a a brand video not long ago. Uh, where they were talking about like the development across the screens, the phones, and everything, and how they're entertaining. Basically, how they they do everything, and it had like small snippets of footage from the Uncharted series. Oh, did it? Yeah, but it had like the footage where we've seen from the screenshots and stuff like that, like where the where they're suited up and stuff. Um, was yeah. this released to the wide, or was this in one of your Sony press conferences with work or something? No, no, it was. I just, I I'd... just found it randomly online, and I was oh, like, right. oh, "That was a bit of uncharted." So it's weird. I've not seen anything anybody post anything about that, so yeah. I've missed that completely. It is a bit. It, it reminds me of the same kind of leak, not leak, but look that we had from the Lord of the Rings series from Amazon as well. Gives oh me, yeah, it's just literally like, a, like they've taken a shot while they're on set or something. And like, just like one little mood piece, just to sort of like set the scene, like you know what you're getting in for, what sort of look and vibe. Yeah, it's probably like that's it. It's probably just a quick like you know test shot, maybe just to see how how it could look in post. So, um, yeah. But I do think when I looked at this, obviously the it looks pretty spot on. To be fair, um, mm-hmm. but like when you kind of look and zoom in on that plane. I have a feeling that maybe you can see like some some stumblers, if you get me, some some zombies or infected or whatever stumbling about. Um, and kind of see it's like it's possible. I'm zooming in as close as I can. It is possible. There are 
figures. Obviously, as soon as you start to zoom in that much, it starts to pixelate. Yeah, you um, might have a couple of a couple of clickers. You know, got a little bit yeah. of a. Uh, it's weird to think that this is due to come out in 2022, right? And in the same yeah. year, you're going to have live action The Last of Us from Sony through HBO. You're going to have live action Halo through Paramount. You have live action Resident Evil series on Netflix. Live action series for, well, Assassin's Creed won't be the same year, but Assassin's Creed are also working out on a live action it's weird, like how much live action video game adaptations are actually due out and in the pipeline. Like you've got, yeah, I think they all just kept getting pushed back and pushed back, or like the scripts were getting rewritten and stuff for that long. That the ones that haven't been pushed back are kind of like all about to come out all at the same time. It's just a weird way that they've all sort let's, of bunched up. Let's not forget that there is, there was a Fallout live action TV series announced for Amazon. Let's not forget that's a thing from a while ago. Cause... So, if if we want to talk about like video game movies as well, I, I'll name off a cast and you tell me what film this is going to be. You've got a um, you got a uh, Jack Black. You've got uh, Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> we've got a <laughs> we've got a Seth Rogen in there, and we've got a Chris Pratt and a Charlie Day. Now you tell me what film that sounds oh, like. It's clearly The Legend of Zelda, isn't it? It's... Oh yeah, uh, close, close, close. <laughs> no, this is a um, uh, Gears of War. No, it's not. It's Mario. Oh what? damn! Because yeah. why is it everybody's first thought when they're making a comic book or a uh, uh, video game adaptation to put Chris Pratt in it. He was meant to be the lead in the Sonic film and pulled out because he thought the script was shit. Oh, I, I didn't part of you when you saw this really wish that it was live action. You can see, <laughs> no, no, come on, you can, After, you no. can see a Charlie Day Luigi. Like you can see it, Charlie Day and Jack Black are the only two bits of casting that I like in this. Charlie Day is Luigi; it's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Chris Pratt as Mario <laughs> is the worst thing I've ever heard. I just don't understand. I just don't like, understand. It's an animated film. Why not just get the get the voice actor in? Because they've said that uh, what's his name, um, uh, Chris Martinez, is it? Um, um forgetting his name now um what are you trying to think of uh, the guy who voices mario normally okay i have no idea but anyway um he is in the film doing voices for loads of extra characters that he does in the games the only one that he's not doing is is mario hmm. charles martinet his name is why are you putting him in the film and not having him as mario you know what i mean like like Mario is the second biggest gaming franchise in the world behind Pokemon. Mm. You don't need star power to draw people in to see that film, do you? Like, you just don't... Uh, Sonic did really well, and Jim Carrey was the only named actor like in that, and he wasn't like the forefront of all the marketing for it either. So it says... Like, that got plenty of views. It says, each voice actor was cast for their ability to capture the unique spirit of their character. So uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I hope I hope the Charlie Day Luigi is like you know in Always Sunny where they just start shouting <laughs> over each other. I really hope that's the that's the Luigi Luigi we're getting. It's probably nice. going to be like an Always Sunny crossed with like bloody uh, Auntie Donna's bloody Italian sketch or whatever. <laughs> I'm an Italian man! Yeah. And that's the first thing I saw straight away. People were parodying the reveal, but it was it was Mark what uh, Mark Bonanno, is it? Yeah. Well, you've got uh, Seth- it was it was him getting cast as Mario. <laughs> you've got that uh, Keegan Michael K as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey. That's Kong. okay. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. So you've got Cranky Kong in there. <laughs> it's just, like, we all knew this was in the works and they announced it ages ago. And it's Illumination doing it as well, who do the Despicable Me movies and the Dr. Seuss movies and stuff. Say what you will about the Minions. Like, those films are good and they get bums in seats, you know what I mean? I hate the Minions outside of the films, but the Despicable Me films are decent films, you know what I mean? For a kid's film. I feel like so they're extremely it was in the right hands. 
They're extremely what was com- that? they're extremely confident in this cast. Like <sighs> they're so confident in it. Oh, it just kind of knocked me a little bit sick. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I just I just think Charlie Day is Luigi's like the best thing I'm ever gonna hear. Yeah, that and Jack Black as Bowser. Like Jack Black Bowser is genuinely incredible. Yeah. But the rest of it needs to stop. Seriously. Yeah. We shall (laughs) see. We shall see. Right. We have got a shed load of trailers to talk about. So we're going to quick fire through these trailers because Netflix decided to just drop them over the last couple of days. So before we do, we've got one big bit about the Eternals. This is going to be one of the the highest age rate in Marvel movies we've ever had. It's got a brief sexuality. Uh, promises violence and language. Um, in Russia, this has got their equivalent of an R rating. Um, I think it's got a, like a high PG thirteen or something like that in uh, America. Must be some of those so, scary monsters, bro. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see people like having sex all through time and stuff, and then breaking up to be with Jon Snow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Let's I had hope, to bring that one up because that one needed to be talked about. Let's um, hope we see a Jon Snow as Black Like, Let's hope we see Black Knight, like proper Black Knight. I feel no, like they're hiding, I, him. they're hiding him for the film. I, I don't think we'll get him in costume. I think we'll see him with the blade. Mm. I don't think we'll get him in costume straight away. Anyway, mm. um, so yeah, the first trailer that we'll talk about, we'll round this in. It's sort of like a middle ground between news and trailer. We had... Um, Another look at season two of The Witcher. We had a trailer, a behind the scenes, and then a load of other stuff attached to this because they also, at the same time, announced a season three. Um, So season three of The Witcher is confirmed. They are about to release season two, and then they announced a new animated film, a new live-action series i believe and then another fill uh oh sorry there's another series in the works i'm not sure if it's animated or not but it's going to be um family friendly mm-hmm. so all the rest of it is definitely like hard r violence and stuff and then they're making one sort of like here's one you can watch with the kids hmm. um which felt strange i think um i think the one that's okay for kids is origins yeah. I don't know. They threw a load of names out there at the same time. Cool. Um, yeah. It's, I've, it's I've, a lot of Witcher. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of season one footage in there as well. Um, kind of yeah. breaking it up a little bit. But um, we did actually see quite a lot of new footage in... A th- it was either the trailer or the behind the scenes one. They showed a lot of stuff, especially a lot of the practical effects that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um and they did a lot of, like, here was the character in season one in a short snippet, and then here's where they are in season two type thing to help you catch back up of where everyone is. And obviously, everyone growing and aging into the roles and stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's exciting. Um, pretty exciting to talk about The Witcher again. Uh, can't wait. I'm definitely going to rewatch yep. season one before we um, sit down and watch I, season I need two. to. <laughs> yeah. I need to, just to remember what the hell happened. Yeah, um, like, we okay, spoke about it... this not long ago, how it has that weird timeline jump, so I think watching it back again is probably going to really help. But anyway, yeah. let's uh, talk about the next one. Keeping it Netflix then, Army of Thieves. This is the sequel to Army of the Dead. I thought this was a series, but I think the animated one that's coming out is the series, isn't it? This is another film. So yeah. this is following the um, bank robber um, Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig Dieter, um, yeah. as he joins an international crew of misfits, hackers, and bank robbists. Yeah, um, we've, we've spoke about this before. Um, it's, yeah, yeah we finally actually got a full trailer for it, and it comes out on October 29th on uh, Netflix. Cool. Um, I believe that's the worldwide release date for it. Yeah, normally as with things on Netflix. I uh, got a really sneak peek, got literally about an extra 20-second shot from Extraction 2, uh, basically confirming that he's alive, which he definitely was anyway. Everyone mm-hmm. knew it. Um, but yeah, uh, extraction two. He uh, he hit at the bottom of the hit at the bottom of the lake, mate. When he, uh, when he yeah. got shot. Well, we saw at the end, didn't we? We were like, is that really him, or is that just a mirage? Yeah. Apparently, it's fucking him. 
Who's, um, who's at the pool, eh? Who's at the pool? That was who's thing, at the it? pool? It's it's not your dad because your dad was a, a nasty man. It's your surrogate dad. There you are. Um, got a trailer for uh, Sandman as well. We did. We got like a full look at this. We got to see Charles Dance doing his. Or should I say Charles Dance? Um, doing his Charles Danceiest. Um, this looks really good. This is straight from the comic books, like, beat for beat, like, the first volume of the comic book, this mm. scene. Um, do you not yeah, think the casting it, looks pretty good in this. Do you not think it looks, like, really old? Like, how, how they've edited how they've edited it or whatever they've done in post is make, makes it look quite... Uh, maybe, like, it was from, like, the mid-2000s, maybe late 2000, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, 2010 kind of time. Just looks. Uh, it makes it. It's got that vibe where it doesn't look very. It doesn't look extremely modern. If you get me. Yeah, yeah. I thought that it felt. It felt like films from that sort of era. Like it felt like cinematic, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like a lot of the TV shows nowadays are like. I don't know. They're a bit shallow looking. You know what I mean? They they have a certain digital look to them, whereas this one, like you said, felt a little bit. Like stuff that we used to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was digging it. I was digging the vibe. It was literally so spot on with the comic books. Um, it looks sick. I'm glad that we're seeing footage from it already because they haven't they haven't really been shooting for that long of it to no. have like that first scene pretty much full edited and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's not very long. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, they've got the vibe on point. Neil Gaiman himself is absolutely loving everything that they're doing with it. So if the creator of it is loving it, then I think that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got thrown off. Uh, I'll just talk about the next one that I've got in front of me then. This one's not with Netflix because I can't remember what else Netflix is putting out at the moment. This is The Tragedy of Macbeth. This is coming to Apple TV starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Um, obviously, it's Macbeth as we know it, but this is the most A24 looking film in the world. It's in 4x3 and it's in black and white. Um, but this is directed by Joel Cohen and written and produced by him as well. But I don't know the last time Joel Cohen did something without his brother. Like, normally it's the Cohen brothers do stuff together. He's just doing this by himself for Apple TV. Comes out on Christmas Day, I believe, and. Uh, in uh, let me just check the dates. Yeah, Christmas Day, and it's also coming to cinemas. I think in November, select cinemas. So they're trying to get awards from it. This is getting five stars. It's on a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Ninety uh, percent on Metacritic, and Metacritic is hard to get ninety percent on. So yeah, you know what I mean. This looks like the art house film of the year. If if you, if you want to be a filmmaker, if you're into film, you're going to watch this film. Um, Got a the next trailer for season four of Stranger Things as well. We did, yes. They're going into a, a spooky house and doing doing spooky things in a spooky house. Times stopping in a spoops house, and we got some throwbacks to. It it looked like a rip off of Amityville Horror, which like I don't mind too much. Um, it's nice that they bring in some other horror influences into this show uh, mm-hmm. instead of just like beating to death the ones that they had already been doing for three seasons. Yeah. Um. I, uh, we still don't have a release date for that yet, though, do we? We know it's um next year. Mm-hmm. I think it was around February time originally, but I don't know if it got pushed back because of COVID and stuff. Yeah. Um, next trailer that I've got is for Finch. This is uh, Tom Hanks's next jobby. Uh, again, coming to Apple TV November fourth, I believe. This looks like their biggest like film production to date on Apple TV. Um, the world has ended in an apocalypse due to solar waves, and Tom Hanks is one of the few remaining. Um, humans and he builds a ai robot and then goes traveling traveling cross countries to to survive and stuffs and it looks like a heartwarming story between a man a dog and his robot nice. and there's bad people out there but this looked really good it did not look like a streaming service film like this looked like it was about to go in cinemas and apple were just like oh we can pay for this <laughs> we'll have this it's sat on eighty nine percent at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like 
I don't know. It's not actually out for anybody to see yet, so I don't know where those reviews are coming from. It doesn't say the critic reviews or anything, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and then the last one that I've got here, I think there's something else from Netflix that I'm missing, but for right now we've got Licorice Pizza, which sounds like a really bad name for this film. I don't know where this name comes <laughs> from, but it's the next Paul Thomas Anderson movie, obviously prolific filmmaker, um, following a high school student who wants to become an actor in the 1970s and him getting caught up in the movie making business in LA and falling in love with an older actress and stuff like that. Um, it's got Bradley Cooper in it playing a, a wackadoodle guy. Um, John Peters, his character is, I don't know if he's meant to be a producer or something. He's married to Barbara Streisand in the film. Um, straight away, I saw this trailer, I was like, is that? Is that um, Alana Heim from Heim? Uh, or is that just an actress who looks extremely a lot like it? It is, and it's her first ever acting role, and she's in a Paul Thomas Anderson film. So, I mean, credit to her. Um, if you love Heim, the band, because I think the music's great, you, you might be interested in this. Also, yeah. the lead actor is Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, um, in his acting debut. We've also got um, Benny Safty from the Safty Brothers in this as well. He was in... Um, Good time with Robert Patterson, and he was absolutely incredible in this, in that. And I've seen oh, him yeah. in a couple other things. So excited! Um, this looks like a total mood piece. This looks like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood if it wasn't made by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, it looks very similar, but very different. <laughs> yeah, got you. Yeah, uh, I think this looks right ruddy good. It, it's sort of like Stranger Things come out of age vibes mixed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Uh, I, th- I feel like there was another trailer for something and I'm just blanking on it right now. Nah, there was a lot of trailers though, so we've probably covered about yeah. enough there. Uh, right, let's talk about Star Wars Visions. Uh, right, so you are a much more affiliated with the the anime world, Chris, than what I am. <laughs> with, with the animus, yes. Yes, so... Um, obviously, just really quickly, um, what 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 is what is this? So, what who are the studios? What are they behind? Uh, just kind of a real top line kind of elevator pitch about what summing up what Star Wars Visions is. Yeah. Um, so basically, it was an ensemble creation. It's nine episodes. Each one is completely done in-house by a Japanese anime studio so it has their vibe, their aesthetic um, their unique view on the Star Wars mythology and implanting a lot more of a Japanese influence on it, like a lot of the places set in stories that we see are a lot more inspired by Eastern uh, sentiments and their sensibilities rather than the Western version that we've always seen with Star Wars Um it's very much heavily like Star Wars going back to his roots with a lot of stuff. Like some of the more well received episodes in this, which are some of the darker episodes. I think some of the other ones are equally as good, but they're not getting right rated quite as highly on. IMDb. So, so what, 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 what sort of things are the studios behind? As well as asking, um, kind of what, yeah. what. So this is things. what I'm getting up. Uh, we had Studio Trigger in there. They were working on uh, Killer Kill. I need to get all these up because I, I had to close them earlier. Um, just give me a second. Because <laughs> I do know... Uh, I was keeping it in my head, and then as soon as we come to record it, I'm like, I've forgotten everything because there was too many. <laughs> there's eight different production houses to try and remember. Um, so there's well, just Kamikaze the, Day, yeah. uh, Duga, who did the first episode, which a lot of people were saying was their favourite episode, The Jewel, super stylized. They are probably most well-known for doing the intro and 3D cutscenes for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, they do a lot more stuff with video games um, that we would have seen in the West. Uh, most of the stuff in the East hasn't really made it over here yet, so they do JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... Um, uh, intros then we got pseudo uh colorido they have done let me get it up again um a lot of these like if you watch anime you can tell what they've done just by looking at it and stuff so they did a lot of stuff for netflix at the moment they did a whisker away which came out last year and they did burn the witch which is the new series from the creator of Bleach that came out last year. It's a really good acclaim. And they've also been doing a lot of the web stuff for Pokemon over the last few years. 
Mm. Um, so Studio Colorido, let me remind myself which episode they did. I believe it was the second oh, they, episode. They, yeah, yeah they so Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah, the band episode. Yeah, um, which is like right up there, Ali. So Studio Trigger have done... This is probably the most well-known for people who watch anime. They did Kill a Kill. Um, they did Gurren Lagann. Um, Space Patrol, Little Witch Academia, Darwin and the Franks. They've done like so many of the biggest um, anime um, shows of the last 10 years. Anything that, if you're into anime, you probably will have seen it. They're on SSS Gridman at the moment. Like I said, Little Witch Academia, which is a Netflix jobby in the West. Uh, yeah, just insane stuff. They also did a lot of stuff for Cyberpunk, um, animated stuff for them. Uh, cool. So the Studio Trigger did the third episode, which is the twins, and they also did the seventh episode, which is the elder, and they are two radically different episodes. So it just shows the flexibility because they are such a big production house. They've got a lot of different vibes going on. Um, the twins is a lot more sort of like um, panty and stockings or um, killer kill style, whereas the elder is a bit darker, sort of. Um, stuff that they did with some of the older series that a lot of people might not have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Cinema Citrus. Um, they did Rising of the Shield Hero and Made in Abyss. Um, they're very much an up-and-coming production house. I think they did a lot of web stuff, and then they sort of hit it off big with Rising of the Shield Hero. And... Um, yeah, they're made in Abyss recently as well. Black Bullet, they've been doing for the last few years and stuff like that as well. They did a lot of feature films and then a lot of web stuff, like I said. Yeah, I was correct. And then the next big one was Production IG, which is like a powerhouse, absolute powerhouse in uh, Japanese animation. They've been working on Haiku. Come on, don't do this to me now, Google. Giving me the wrong stuff when I type stuff in. So yeah, they've been doing... Um, haiku in insane amounts of feature films they do the ghosts in the shell series um just scrolling down now triple x holic uh psychopaths um moriarty is the new stuff noblesse that like joker game which is on netflix as well absolutely insane stuff like haiku should speak volumes enough for them uh, but they've also been doing loads and loads of feature films they actually, I didn't realise this, they did the Neon Genesis Evangelion, the first two movies for them, um, in collaboration with Gainax, that's when they were first starting out, and they also did the animation for Kill Bill Volume 1, the little anime section in that. Um, so, yeah, Production IG, uh, they did um, they did The Ninth Jedi, which is all around the board, what I'm seeing online, everybody's favourite episode. Yeah. Um, they did that one. So basically, they are big. To, to summarise... To summarize some of them it. are up-and-comers, and some of them are the biggest names in the industry. Like okay. they're, they're either one or the other, but either way, they all put out quality work. And if you're a fan of any of these companies, you can see their DNA running through all of these episodes. Um, like I said to you when we discussed this trailer on the podcast a few months ago, I called out Studio Trigger, Studio IG, stuff like that. Um, I, I got mixed up with a couple of the other ones, but they were close enough, you know what I mean? Similar art styles and stuff. Um, but you can tell Trigger a mile off in the twins. You can see Production IG in the Ninth Jedi through and through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are some massive names even some of the smaller studios i think they got bigger directors in from other companies to help work on them Mm. well quite interestingly what was different about this release is that they released all nine episodes in one go rather than doing it as like a procedural every week um which Mm -hmm. did mean that you could blitz through them but it was quite it's it's quite a weird way of doing it because obviously the episodes are so like drastically different I don't know whether maybe it would have actually have benefited from being released weekly because it's like, because um, I don't know whether, you know, I, I, obviously watching things in one go is good. And I'm I'm the first person that will say, oh, you know, I kind of wish they just dropped the whole thing so we could watch the whole thing. But I think maybe like, I don't know whether, because when you go from the duel to Tatooine Rhapsody, which is the first episode to the second <laughs> episode. They are drastically different, completely I different think, kind of episodes. Yeah. Um, 
I like the fact that they dropped them all in one go because some of them are only about 12 minutes in length. You know what I mean? They are very short. Imagine waiting a week and you only get like 12 minutes of content. Yeah, it's like true. 11 minutes cutting out the credits. Um, so I like that. It's sort of like, I wish What If was kind of dropped all at once. Mm. Um, with this, you can pick and choose what episodes you want to watch and in what order. So if you like know you're a Studio Trigger fan and they're the ones that you're really excited for, you can go straight in with the twins and the elder and then go to some of the other ones later. I think the fact that, like you said, people are going to binge it as well, like, it's opening people up to new sorts of styles. Like, I think Tatooine Rhapsody and T.O.B. 1 are probably going to be... I think they're the worst-received episodes at the moment, and I think they're still really good. I think it's just compared to some of the other episodes. Like you said, going from The Jewel to Tatooine Rhapsody was quite jarring. So... If somebody wants to binge it all, it'll expose them to new content, which they wouldn't normally do, which I think is really good. But at the same time, it like if somebody's more into stuff like The Jewel and they see that, like it's going to be so jarring that they're going to review it negatively. I think that's why their um, feedback scores are a bit lower. Even yeah, though I think Tatooine Rhapsody was like a really good episode. Nowhere near the best, but I thought it was really good. I thought T0B1 was like fantastic, but it was too close to Astro Boy. Yeah, I I would agree with the like the audience the audience scores for them. Like I did think that Tatooine, like once you went from the duel to that, I was like, whoa, this is like really different. And I think it is like as as cool as it is if you're into anime, someone that isn't into that as much, like like myself, and isn't as like conditioned to the style and stuff because you do you do have to get used to it because if you've if you've not come from that kind of if you weren't ever into that kind of thing it is almost like a little bit alien because the style and everything's so different it's like yeah i I was watching the duel with my partner and she she was like at first you know she was like obviously it's star wars so she gets all the star wars aspects of it but the pacing of stuff like anime is a lot different to if you were just watching like a normal animation um so it's yeah it was you know compared to if you were watching what if for example the the pacing is always very different so for me yeah tatooine rhapsody and tob1 were like not up my street at all because for me it felt like star wars for kids and I don't mean that like Star Wars, like Clone Wars or Rebels sort of stuff. I mean like to me, just the topics and stuff were like. Obviously, it, it was just really, yeah, you know. I think- it, I, and not to say that the styles that way, but I just felt the stories were that way. Um, yeah, I think I think it still has its place. I think, like you said, it was a little bit jarring having this in the same sort of thing as uh, the Duel and the Elder, which were a lot more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is sort of meant to be a series for everyone to just be able to pick and choose what they want from it and yeah. watch it together. I, th- um, I think it's a cool it- thing that Lucasfilm and Disney are doing because they are quite precious about the property. They don't really let it go anywhere else, so it was quite cool to let them kind That's of That's one up. thing that I did love, like the fact that they just sort of like let the reins go and it was... Some of these episodes to me were so refreshing, mm-hmm. and like you could tell that a lot of it was done from a position of love for the Star Wars mythos as well. Especially the twins, I think a lot of people are going to find stuff to pick faults about because it does lend into some of the aspects that some people might not like. But everything out there with the twins is all set up in Star Wars canon, like it's all there, they're just doing a lot of it all at once. Mm. Um, but like you said, it's quite a different style. Um, but it allowed because somebody just came in from nowhere and they had no ties to anything and Lucasfilm weren't breathing down the neck about what they can and can't do. They were able to just make something like that and it it works really well. Like the village bride is nothing like anything we would ever see in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I think the ninth Jedi is probably the closest thing to something we would see in Star Wars, but done in such a better way. Like that felt like what the pre- sequel trilogy should have been. It was nice that we had something with the reins taken off and we were able to see all these different sides to it. That's why I think Tatooine Rhapsody didn't bother me so much. Like it was weird, like following a band and stuff like that. Like that is not like that felt like really Western Tatooine Rhapsody felt like the most Western episode to me. Mm. It didn't feel like anime to me, but it had some like Moe aspects to it, but that felt like something you would see on cartoon network. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, 
it, it, yeah, but it I feels like, like I like the fact that we add so much variety to it. Well, uh, yeah, I guess you say variety, but it's like it kind of feels like maybe there was somewhat of like a writer's room or like there was a bit of almost like a brief of like, if you're going to do this, we kind of want these kind of elements to be explored in Star Wars oh, because it's it yeah. feels like obviously a lot of it is always touching on the Sith. Like pretty much everything apart from Tatooine Rhapsody and potentially the last two, because I've not seen the final two episodes. Um, everything is touching on Sith. Like it's always I, like I oh, notice the theme of Kyber crystals in this more than anything. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was where the east, uh, like the eastern side of like family heritage and especially family heirlooms like swords and stuff like that they really put that aspect into it with the lightsabers i've never seen so much emphasis on lightsabers and i loved that because that's a part of the star wars that i absolutely love which Mm. just kind of got tossed away after the original trilogy you know what i mean yeah it was like lightsabers were just a dime a dozen and they didn't mean anything Mm. Um, it's let's quickly just mention about the music. So, like, the music's quite interesting because it feels like they're not using regular Star Wars themes. Like, they're using variations on everything, which mm-hmm. is quite an interesting choice that they don't decide to put some of their, like, original music in there as well. Um, it's, like, re- like variations on stuff. It's, like, there's a, there's a bit, I think, the... The bit that like rang a bell was either in the beginning of the ninth Jedi, or it was throughout the battle that was going on in the twins, um, and it it felt like it was trying to do something. It was trying to do a particular theme, like copy it, but not just mm. just not use the theme. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like it was like the Duel of the Fates, but it was like a variation of Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Probably something to do with, say, maybe, I don't know whether that's Lucasfilm saying, oh, no, you can't use any of the original music. You have to do a variation of it, maybe. But it'd be quite interesting to see on here whether there was much in the way of, like, sound design done at Skywalker Sound or whether it was done in-house by the animation studios as well. Yeah. That'd be quite interesting. I thought the sound design in this, like, I've never enjoyed the sound of a lightsaber more than like what I heard like the last two days watching all these episodes. Yeah, like, a lot of the stuff hits the production like design and the sound and the music and stuff like that really hit a nail. I was like, this works. Yeah. And it yeah. just felt good and it felt clean. Everything felt impactful like from an audio perspective mm. and a visual perspective. Oh yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the um like the, there's like a gazillion different types of lightsabers in this. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah really out there from like an umbrella lightsaber to like katana lightsabers um it loves a good uh star wars have started doing that where they love a good switch on of a lightsaber now don't they rather than just hitting someone with it they love a good like putting it where it needs to go switching it on and switching it off (laughs) yeah it feels like it feels like that classic you know that you see in like samurai movies and stuff like that where somebody like move so fast that they cut a guy in half type thing it was like you just move the lightsaber on and you switch it on and off dead quick and you're like oh, what happened oh the guy's dead okay yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed like the ninth jedi just hit so well i do like the darker episodes uh but the ninth jedi is the only one for me that i could watch a full series of like the duel was great but it was just a small vignette you know what i mean we couldn't I don't think we could get much out of that long term. No. But that was nice because that was such a callback to Akira Kurosawa, which is like one of the main inspirations for Star Wars in the first place. And I think that's why Disney and Lucasfilm decided to do this was because George Lucas was so heavily inspired by Eastern culture and Eastern filmmaking and stuff. Yeah, well, you just need to look um, at the original concept of um, Darth Vader. He looks like a samurai. Yeah. It's like a samurai outfit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, cool. and I, lo- I love the callbacks that we got to that. It's like art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. You know what I mean? So, like, mm. some of the Siths that we saw in here very much looked like the concept version of Darth Vader and stuff. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, I really... Also, the voice cast... Yeah, I really enjoyed. Have seen the, any of the voice cast? No, but I really enjoyed. Like just before we, you know, move on from mm. that, 
I did really enjoy the designs of all the Sith and all the Dark Dark Jedi and all of that felt like super um super kind of like old republic y kind of stuff, like really old yeah. old school Star Wars where you would have these like crazy concepts where now it's just a bit like, you know, it's 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 just a it's it's so just they, a sad emo boy. Yeah, they don't they don't really <laughs> like to just create the sick costumes anymore. I mean, that was the coolest thing about Kylo Ren when he first came round. It's that he's got this crossbar lightsaber with a mask. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that whole kind of mysterious Terminator-esque vibe to it. Um, yeah. Well, then obviously, you know, it, it then has to, you know, you've got to get the actor in there somehow. You can't just have him under a mask all, all film, so... Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I thought the the, the outfits, uh, the sorry, the character design uh, for the twins was really good. How they were kind of like quite similar, um, and then all the Sith designs. I really liked the. Um, I actually really enjoyed um, the Village Bride. I thought the, I loved that episode, like the mask and that helmet, um, the voice of like the the sound of the voices and stuff throughout that were really cool. Um, the nod to the separatists was pretty cool as well. So, yeah, and it was interesting, like the way they changed. I think that's something that they do a lot in the east. Is sort of like in the west, your heroes and your villains are very cut and dry, and we know who they are from the offset and stuff. Whereas the the Jedi at the end of the Village Bride is sort of set up to be like, is she a Sith all the way through? She's got that sort of look about her, hasn't she? It's like intentionally misleading, and it's her trying to find. Like, why should I care about these people and all that sort of stuff? And it was a a really heartwarming episode that, and it's a lot of dealing with the environment and stuff, which mm-hmm. is what I've always found they do a lot in Japanese animation, where mm-hmm. we don't really talk about stuff like that in Western animation. They're very much like find a harmony between yourself and nature and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that now, was a really nice episode. Now you mentioned about the voice acting, I didn't realize that Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Neil Patrick Harris were in this. <laughs> Yeah, so Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie pay, played the twins. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in there. David Harbour was in it. He plays... Oh, you haven't seen... Oh, you've seen The Elder, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he played the master in that. Um, Jordan Fisher played the apprentice in it. Got Kyle Chandler, Jamie Chung, um, oh, um, Tamara Fukuhara... Yeah, Tamara Morrison yeah. reprised his role as uh, Boba Fett. Oh, Simu, yeah, Lucy Simu, Liu. Simu Liu from uh, Shang-Chi was in here as well. Yeah, uh, Henry Gordon as well. He plays the guy in the last episode, and you can tell his voice straight away, straight away. That's what clicked me on. Like Every time I heard a voice, I was like, I really recognize that voice. I really, mm. really recognize that voice. But I was like, maybe it's just somebody doing like a similar sort of voice. Because I thought it was just all going to be voice actors, no celebrities in there. And then as soon as I heard Henry Gordon's voice, I was like, okay, maybe they did get other actors in there. So I went back, I was like, yeah, that's definitely George Sakai in that piece. That's definitely this person. That's definitely that person. Mm -hmm. I didn't realise it was David Harbour to begin with. Did not realise it was him until I checked the cast list. And then I went back and listened to it again. I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I see what you're doing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a season one. Do you reckon they'll do a season two of this in the future? Do you reckon they'll maybe? Because I mean, the way the the I had a look at this because I checked the uh, the epi- the season description. You know how it gives you an overview. Um, yeah. And it does specifically celebrate um, anime design studios. But I I thought mm-hmm. to myself like in the future you could get a Star Wars Visions that focuses on like different areas of animation or maybe it takes some other studios on in the future and maybe they do other original stories oh um, yeah yeah do you reckon that's something you could have in the future you, you could definitely do that i'd love to see that i'd love to see more of this from different studios maybe get like trigger back to do one episode next time Um get like studio bones who do like the biggest anime um in the in the world they do like my hero academia and all those sort of stuff maybe give them one episode and then you could like you said maybe go to india get some of their production houses south korea get some different sensibilities because this like i said like really infused 
something other than the generic western side of star wars that we saw like obviously we're dealing with such a wide universe that there are places for all these different things and all these different um like homages and stuff in there like there would be a planet that might be we've seen it in clone wars haven't we where some planets are inspired by like mexico or peru or something like that and then they'll go to another one which is very like polynesian or something so they could go to a south korean studio you could go to an indian one and have some more of a bollywood flair to it almost Mm -hmm. um you could definitely go to like a french um studio or something and have a french influence because french love like obscure animation and stuff um in their art house stuff so you could easily do it with more places i would love to see them still work with japanese anime houses Mm -hmm. um just because they have such a unique take on stuff that we don't think about over this side of the world yeah Uh, looking at some of the scores for this as well like this is sat on 7.5 on imdb right now um, if I can get the episode up, browse episodes, most of them. Um, yeah, so Tatooine Rhapsody is the lowest rated one at 5.5. Yeah. But I think that might have been because a lot of people saw the duel and that was what they were into. And then, like we said, like this is really a, a series for all ages to enjoy. There's something like you've got the duel and the elder for the older audiences. And then you've got like Tatooine Rhapsody and uh, TOB1 are great for kids. Like, if somebody watches this with their family, like, there's something that everybody can enjoy in one of these episodes. Yeah, like we said before. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. That's, that's why they're all these short little stories, isn't it? So, yeah. it's uh, no, the, the scores are definitely in flux as well because the duel is now up to 8.6. I think it was on 8.5 when I looked this morning. Mm. 8.7 for the ninth jedi that's the highest rate in one 8.2 for the elder so it's definitely like the more mature darker ones that are getting the best scores but mm-hmm. i thought the village bride was just as good as the jewel and that's only at 7.7 so yeah. i don't know i think it depends on the audience i think a lot of the people watching it at the moment um maybe like people a bit more like your sensibilities who aren't used to certain styles of anime and they are used to sort of like what we've seen with Clone Wars and Bad Batch and they want sort of or the big KOTOR fans and stuff and they want sort of the dark side of Star Wars which we don't get anywhere anymore so it's valid that they are craving for it so as soon as you've got this like you're giving it a great review because it's like this is what I want to see type thing yeah which it's it's all valid so I think they're sort of the diehards that are on it right now we might see some of these other ones go up and score in like the next few weeks and stuff as more people start to watch it yeah yep fair enough cool right well we'll leave it there because there's not really too much to spoil because we spoke about visions in general and our thoughts on it um Mm -hmm. let us know what your favorite episode was let us know what you thought of star wars visions um was there an episode that landed this inspired you go on what what was you going to ask me? I was going to say, has this inspired anybody to check out some of the other stuff from these production houses? Because I think that's what a big part of this series as well was getting a lot more people to check out the work of like Studio Trigger and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you never know. People might uh... cross pollination. Yep, yep, indeed. Right, cool. Uh, make sure you follow us on socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Get Real Pod, and you can email us over on GetRealPodUK at gmail dot com. The best way to support the podcast, guys, is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Amazon uh, Music, I I guess, um, Google Play, iHeartRadio, any of those places. Or if you want to head over to Podchaser, and you can leave us a rate and review on there, and it'll syndicate it to all the other platforms, um, much like feeling out through the force and spreading your will across the galaxy. But if you want to help spread us even more, you can tell one friend about us, two friends about us, shout it from the rooftops if you want, getting a star destroyer and tell everybody on board because it's one little big city in it. Um, <laughs> every time you see us post something on socials, just give it a retweet, give it a repost on your Instagram story, something like that. Just just get the word out there. Also, don't forget to support our sister podcast, Get Real Gaming, where they will be talking God knows what this week. Um there's been a lot of like video game movie news, so maybe they'll cover some of that stuff. I don't know. Um, there was also one other bit of news which I forgot, which had something to do with the video game movie, which they are probably better to discuss than we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they will probably head on over that. there. They put episodes out every Wednesday. We normally put ours out on a Monday, 
So, yeah, stay up to date. Don't forget to subscribe to the feed. And we'll see you next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about next week. Do you? Um, Free guy? (laughs) Free guy? Dune. We still need to go see Dune. Oh, it's Dune out there. Dune was out last week, wasn't it? Because it, it was doing really well at the box office, in America at least. Oh, wait, we have cinema times for Dune. Yeah, we'll probably talk about Dune. <laughs> there's Dune, there's loads of stuff coming out at the moment. Loads yeah. of stuff. Right, okay, everyone, we'll see you next week.